In today's show, I'll be sharing three metrics which suggest the Bitcoin price crash is not yet over, including weak hodlers still to be flushed out, not enough hodlers yet underwater, as well as no surrender for miners despite impressive exchange flows, including the CryptoQuant CEO. Been waiting for this moment for two years since the great sell-off in March of 2020, including Alex Kruger. Impressive Bitcoin miner exchange flows. Many miners would be in deep trouble with Bitcoin in the teens. Panicking yesterday in anticipation of $20,000 breaking makes sense. And quoting Rec Capital, current Bitcoin sell-side volume is very close to reaching the 2018 bear market. Seller volume levels at the 200-week moving average. And speaking of the 200-week moving average, Max Kaiser wrote, hugging the 200-week moving average like a champ, $220,000 still in play. Send it and Plan B updated us here. Please don't worry about me. I've been in Bitcoin since 2015. All is well. Drop from sixty-nine dollars to $21,000 is unrealized loss. Just like the pump from 9000 to 69000 was unrealized profit. No loss if you do not sell. I will ride Bitcoin to $1 million or zero. Also in today's show, the metaverse could be worth $5 trillion by 2030, according to this latest 77-page McKenzie report entitled Value Creation in the Metaverse. Also in today's show, top fidelity macro analyst says Bitcoin is way oversold as key on-chain metrics reaches 2011 levels. As the director of global macro at Fidelity shares in this thread, is Bitcoin cheaper than it looks? If we consider a simple price-to-earnings metric for Bitcoin to be the price-network ratio, then the ratio is back to 2017 and 2013 levels. Even though Bitcoin itself is only back to the late 2020 levels, valuation is often more important than price. Also in today's show, MicroStrategy debunks margin call rumor and says Bitcoin liquidation is unnecessary, even if the Bitcoin price falls below $3,562. Quoting Michael Saylor here, when MicroStrategy adopted a Bitcoin strategy, it anticipated volatility and structured its balance sheet so that it could continue to hodl through adversity. And as he reminds us here, nobody has ever lost money in Investing in Bitcoin for four years. Facts. Whilst we'll we taking a look at the overall crypto market, all this plus so much more in today's show. Hey, what's good, crypto fam? This is first and foremost a video show. So if you want the full premium experience, visit our YouTube channel at CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Again, that's CryptoNewsAlerts.net. All right, welcome back to another episode of Crypto News Alerts. I'm your host, JV. How's it going, crypto fam? Make some noise in the live chat. Now, it feels good to finally see Bitcoin back in the green, but unfortunately, it's after a massive crash in the past 48 hours. Bitcoin nearing 20,000 is worrying the market, but after narrowly avoiding breaking its support is the worst really over let's discuss it according to multiple on-chain indicators it seems that the max pain has yet to arrive for this cycle that's right the stakes are high for many hodlers this week almost 50 percent of the supply is being held at a loss and miners are upping their shipments to the bitcoin exchanges and even some of the biggest bitcoin investors notably microstrategy are having to defend their conviction on bitcoin as the price action tumbles and with targets ranging as low as eleven thousand dollars here are the three metrics which suggest the bitcoin price crash is not yet over number one weak hodlers still to be flushed out that's right despite the drop in 18 month lows bitcoin price action Action has not yet shaken out all of its speculators. According to the R hodl ratio from Philip Swift, creator of the on-chain analytics resource, looking to Bitcoin, more capitulation should be on the way. This is because historically, the ratio between short-term and long-term hodlers has been more in the favor of the latter as per macro price bottoms. Now, R hodl specifically takes the ratio between the one-week and one-to-two-week 
cohorts of the realized cap hodl waves metric, which divides coins by when they were last moved. Now, essentially, once our hodl's green zone is it, it suggests that capitulation is at its peak and that the price floor is imminent or already being set. So, so far, the R hodl has yet to enter its green zone, data from on-chain analytics firm, Glassnode shows, which you can see here in this chart. Now for the second metric, which suggests that this Bitcoin price crash is not yet over. There is not enough hodlers, which are yet underwater. It may feel like the entire Bitcoin market is at a loss, but above $20,000, many are still holding on to what are likely meager gains, hoping for a rebound. Fellow on-chain analytics platform, CryptoQuant, reveals that as of June 16th, just 46% of the total Bitcoin supply is being held at a loss. Now, this is impressive as a statistic in itself, but not enough to call for a macro capitulation event if historical patterns are taken into account. According to the CryptoQuant data, at least 60% of the supply needs to generate unrealized losses before it can be called capitulation, as was the case in March of 2020 and late 2018 and earlier. Now, the CryptoQuant CEO noted the significance of Bitcoin returning to its realized price last week. This event, two years in the making, signifies spot price going under the average price at which all coins last move. Quoting the CryptoQuant CEO here, been waiting for this moment for two years since the great sell-off in March of 2020, referring to his post back on January 24th, where he wrote, MVRV is currently 1.5, which indicates Bitcoin wallets still have 50% plus unrealized profits. If this is the end of the bull cycle, we should keep our eyes on this classic indicator to catch the cyclic bottom. Historically, the cyclic bottom comes when the MVRV reach below one, and he shares the cyclic bottoms in March of 2020. It was at a negative 15% loss. In December of 2018, a negative 31% loss. In January of 2015, a negative 42% loss. And in February of 2012, a negative 16% loss. Now for the third metric, which suggests that this Bitcoin price crash is not yet over, and that's no surrender for the miners, despite impressive exchange flows. That's right, despite their production costs being closer to 30000 than 20000 Bitcoin Bitcoin miners have yet to start covering expenses with sales of hoarded Bitcoin. Coins are moving to exchanges, however, at the highest rate in seven months, as recently reported. And as such, the Bitcoin network hash rate has not yet taken a serious dive yet, something common during periods of significant price pressure. Now, the hash ribbons metric created by asset manager Capriole CEO Charles Edwards confirms the lack of the trend. The hash ribbons uses the 30-day and 60-day moving average of hash rate to determine when minor capitulation is occurring. And once the rising 30-day crosses, above the 60-day and could be assumed that the worst is over as miners return to work. And thus far, that crossover is yet to happen. And historically, this means that the max pain could lie ahead. Quoting crypto analyst Alex Kruger, impressive Bitcoin miner exchange flows. Many miners would be in deep trouble with Bitcoin in the teens. Panicking yesterday in anticipation of $20,000 breaking makes sense. And he's responding to this tweet by Kyle Waters. A net 88,000 Bitcoin was sent to exchanges for miners yesterday. A new all-time high. And he also shares, yesterday was also an all-time high in USD terms. Miners sent a net $1.94 billion worth of Bitcoin to the exchanges. And quitting Rec Capital, current Bitcoin sell-side volume is very close to reaching the 2018 bear market. Seller volume levels at the 200-week moving average. And Max Kaiser shares here, hugging the 200-week moving average like a champ, which is currently sitting at around that $22,000 mark. $220,000 still in play. Let me know if you agree or disagree with the host of the Orange Pill Podcast. And shout out to Max and Stacy and Plan B updated us here. Thank you for all the compassionate replies. Please do not worry about me. I am in Bitcoin since 2015. All is well. Drop from 69 to 21,000 is unrealized loss. Just like the pump from 9 to 69,000 was unrealized profit.
profit, no loss if you do not sell. I will ride Bitcoin to $1 million or zero. And he's referring to his previous post. On days like this, I switch off the monitors and go for a run. Yes, I hodled from 69 to 22,000. Did not sell a sat because I thought Bitcoin will go to $100,000. But no reason to stare at screens all day. Best to switch off, do something you like and come back. In a week or so, and just a few minutes ago, he tweeted the following. So who sold and bought from October 2021 all-time high to now? Sellers, investors who bought between 60 to 65,000, cutting losses, and some early 0 to 10,000 level investors taking profit. Main buy levels between 20 to 25,000, 30 and $35,000, and $45 and $50,000. And before I break down next story of the day, the metaverse could be worth $5 trillion by 2030, according to the latest McKinsey report. But first, Let's take a quick look at the overall crypto market. As you can see, Bitcoin back in the red and correcting, down 0.7%, trading just above $21,200. We also have Ether down about 1% for the day, maintaining just above $1,100 as the other major altcoins are currently pumping and in the green. But all right, now let's break down our next story of the day. Global spending in the metaverse could reach $5 trillion by 2030. That's just eight years away, just FYI. According to a new report from international consulting firm McKinsey and Company published yesterday, today, the 77-page report titled Value Creation in the Metaverse, which I'll include in the show notes below the video in the description for you to check out and reference for yourself. It's a 77-page read, but now for some of the highlights, it analyzed the current adoption trends and drew additional insight from two global surveys. One gathered data from 3,104 consumers across 11 countries, while the other polled a range of executives from 448 companies across 15 industries in 10 different countries. Now, McKinsey used this data to predict that the future of consumer behavior Behavior in the metaverse will most likely be divided into five primary activities, gaming, socializing, fitness, commerce, and remote learning. Now, McKinsey found that nearly 60% of all consumers surveyed prefer at least one activity in the virtual world compared to its physical alternative. Interesting, right? And 79% of consumers that are currently active in the metaverse have already made a purchase. Now, e-commerce will be the primary cash cow in the metaverse, with McKinsey predicting it to make anywhere between $2 trillion to $2.6 trillion of all the spending by 2030. Now, virtual advertising will be another major sector with associated revenue expected to make up another $144 billion to $206 billion. OMG. And flying in the face of the current pessimism is the conventional crypto market. The report highlights that in the first five months of this year, more than $120 billion has already been invested into the metaverse-related technology and infrastructure, which is more than double the total, $57 billion invested in the metaverse tech throughout the entirety of 2021. And in an associated blog post, the lead authors of the report and McKinsey senior partners, Lorena Yi and Eric Hazen, gave additional comments on their research, quoting them here, what's exciting is that the metaverse like the internet is the next platform on which we can work, live, connect, and collaborate. Now, speaking about the response from executives, Yi added, executives often don't agree on very much, but our research shows they overwhelmingly agree on one thing. 95% of them believe the metaverse will have a positive impact on their industry. Now, the report added that 25% of all executives said they expect the metaverse to drive 15% of their organization's total margin growth in five years, and nearly a third of them believe that the metaverse can bring significant change in how their industry operates. And despite the overall enthusiasm, there has been a healthy dose of skepticism, with 31% of all executives remaining somewhat uncertain about the return on investment a metaverse experiences. And while brands should be excited about the opportunities awaiting them in the metaverse, they should also be ready 
ready to face the challenges head on and do some serious planning. As shared here, there are urgent challenges that need to be considered. For one, there's going to be a need to reskill part of the workforce to take advantage of rather than compete with the metaverse. Stakeholders will need to build a roadmap to make sure that the metaverse experience is ethical, safe, and inclusive. Now, Yi wrapped up her commentary by reemphasizing that the metaverse is still very much a dynamic and evolving space. She said that individual creators and big brands alike need to embrace a long-term mindset if they want to be successful in the future of the metaverse. So there you have it. Let me know if you agree or disagree with this report's prediction of a $5 trillion valuation of the metaverse by 2030. And if that was to happen, where do you feel the Bitcoin price would likely be? Holla at your boy. And before I break down next of the day, top fidelity macro analyst says Bitcoin is way oversold as key on-chain metric reaches 2011 levels. But first, let's take a quick look at the overall crypto market cap. Sitting just above $900 billion with $105 billion in volume in the past 24 hours. The current Bitcoin dominance is 44.4% with the Ether dominance at 14.9%. And checking out the top 100 cryptocurrency gainers in the past 24 hours, we have Elrond leading the pack up 14%, trading just under $50, followed by Helium up 12.3%, trading at $10.45, followed by Tron up 10.4%, trading just under $0.06. Cents. And checking out the top 100 cryptocurrency gainers for the past week, you can see a sea of red and literally zero projects in the green. Everyone heavily corrected in the past seven days. And checking out one of my favorite indicators is the Crypto Greed and Fear Index. Shows we are still currently rated a 7 out of 100 in extreme fear, the same as yesterday. Last week was an 11 and last month an 8 in extreme fear. And if you're not familiar with the Crypto Greed and Fear Index, extreme fear can be a sign. Investors are too worried. That could be a great buying opportunity like we're witnessing right now. BTFD, but African dip. And when investors are getting too greedy, that means the market is due for correction. But all right, now let's break down our next story of the day. Fidelity's Director of Global Macro, Jurian Timmer, is updating his outlook on Bitcoin as the leading crypto asset by market cap struggles near that $20,000 level. Timmer tells his 126,000 Twitter followers, when considering Bitcoin's price to earnings, which is a metric traditionally used to value stocks by comparing the company's earnings with its stock price, Bitcoin is currently significantly undervalued. And the analyst compares the earnings of a company to the number of users on the Bitcoin network. As he shares here in this thread, is Bitcoin cheaper than it looks? If we consider a simple price-to-earnings metric for Bitcoin to be the price-network ratio, then the ratio is back to 2017 and 2013 levels. Even though Bitcoin itself is only back to the late 2020 levels, valuation is often more important than price. And in a similar fashion, Timmer uses a metric that records the number of non-zero Bitcoin addresses with the price of Bitcoin. And historically, the price has fluctuated above and below the demand curve, as he shares here, continuing on in this thread. Another way to highlight this is by overlaying Bitcoin's non-zero addresses against this price. Price is now below the network curve, which you can see here in this chart. And the macro analyst also takes a look at the Bitcoin dormancy flow, which measures the average number of days that coins have remained untouched. And based on Timmer's interpretation of the historical track record of this metric, Bitcoin's dormancy flow is that levels not seen in over a decade before Bitcoin went up on parabolic rallies, as he shares right here. The next chart shows how technically oversold Bitcoin is. Glassnode's dormancy flow indicator is now at levels not seen since 2011. And before I break down our final story of the day, MicroStrategy debunks their margin call rumor. It says Bitcoin liquidation is unnecessary, even if the Bitcoin price falls below $3,562. But first, I want to remind you to smash that show more button right below this video in the description for a detailed analysis of what's going on in the crypto market. This goes for all 1,200 plus videos right here on my YouTube channel. Also like to point out, I just launched Crypto News Alerts Shorts, so expect a Shorts video from me every single day right here on the YouTube channel, as well as on TikTok. 
TikTok and Instagram. And if you're gaining value out of these shorts, be sure to share and spread the word. And also be sure to smash that subscribe button right below this video in the description to help show some support and help us with the YouTube algorithm. And of course, you can find me on all the major podcasts and platforms from Spotify, home of the Joe Rogan Experience, to Apple's iTunes and Google Play. We're currently receiving over half a million downloads per month. And I want to get this to 1 million downloads per month. And of course, you can follow me all over social media from Twitter, Facebook, Telegram, and TikTok, as well as now even on Instagram. So be sure to follow me there. But all right, now let's break down our final story of the day, shall we? MicroStrategy CEO Michael Saylor, shout out to the Giga Chat himself, debunked the rumor that his company is close to having to liquidate its Bitcoin to meet a margin call for a Bitcoin back loan. The rumor intensified as the price of Bitcoin continued to plummet after the weekend sell-off. As Michael Saylor tweeted here, when MicroStrategy adopted a Bitcoin strategy, it anticipated volatility and structured its balance sheet so it can continue to hodl through adversity. Now, MicroStrategy's quarter one 2022 presentation details that the company took out a three-year term loan of $205 million from Silvergate Bank against 19,466 Bitcoins. Now, MicroStrategy is currently holding 115,109 Bitcoin. And in addition to its subsidiary, MacroStrategy is holding 14,109 Bitcoin, bringing its group total to 129,218 Bitcoins. Like, whoa, talk about hodling. Now, the rumor started circulating when MicroStrategy's president, Fong Li, said that in May, if the price of Bitcoin dropped below $21,000, it would trigger a margin call. Now, typically, a margin call could be met by the company providing more capital or liquidating the loan's collateral. Now, the price of Bitcoin dipped below the $21,000 level this week. However, MicroStrategy told Reuters on Tuesday it had not received a margin call, emphasizing the following. We can always contribute additional Bitcoins to maintain the required loan-to-value ratio. And he makes a great point. Regardless of the price of Bitcoin, Michael Saylor is not going to get liquidated from this position. Just saying. Furthermore, Michael Saylor explained that MicroStrategy's 115,109 Bitcoins can cover the $410 million collateral down on the Bitcoin price of $3,562. However, if the Bitcoin price were to fall even lower, MicroStrategy has other assets it can post as collateral the executive detailed elaborating the following. MicroStrategy has 115,109 Bitcoin that it can pledge. If the price of Bitcoin falls below $3,562, the company can post some other collateral. So bottom line, Michael Saylor is not getting liquidated. So let's put this rumor to rest. And quoting Michael Saylor here, nobody has ever lost money investing in Bitcoin for four years. That's right. All long-term hodlers of four years or more for the king crypto are in profit. Let's freaking go. Now for the top three comments from yesterday's episode, two for one wrote, my basic understanding is there are so many more ways to push the price of Bitcoin down than there were in 2018. So it's definitely possible to get below $20,000. If sellers can overcome increased buy pressure as the price drops, macro situation will lessen some of the buy pressure at lower prices. The next cycle will probably arrive much earlier than people expect and price appreciation from 20,000 could be drastic even by Bitcoin standards. In my opinion, correct. Anything is possible. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing. You're two Satoshis fam. Hoddle. And our next featured comment comes from Tyler Potter, who wrote, what an opportunity. Can't wait to scoop up these stats cheap. Everybody thought it was a great buy at $60,000. Why in the world would it be selling lower? Amazing. Super traders. Exactly. Keep stacking them stats, fam. And our third and final featured comment comes from David number 23. How low can you handle? I don't think the sell pressure will be as huge as expected because the world is messed up and people need security. Diamond hands. And to be featured on tomorrow's episode, drop me a comment right down below.